when people decide to be coach in a sports team, it, you're more than a coach. You're really becoming a mentor for those young athletes. And it's so important that you realize that as a coach because you have a huge impact on those kids. You cannot ask anything better than that, like knowing that you were part of helping those young girls achieve what they wanted to achieve. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset Show. This is a podcast about the financial, money, and recreational mindset needed to successfully plan for and live your best life before and through retirement. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset Show and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Manon Rayom, also known as the first woman of hockey. Manon has quite the resume and top of the list is being the first and only female to play in an NHL game. And she did that playing for the Tampa Bay Lightning in 1992. In addition, she was the first female to sign a contract to play professional hockey and had a six-year professional career in the minor leagues. As a member of Team Canada, Manone led the team to a silver medal at the 1998 Games in Nagano, the first year that women's hockey was an official Olympic sport. Talk about breaking barriers in sports? Manone just smashed through it. She was a pioneer in paving the way for women in professional sports. And now she is sharing her experiences and helping girls everywhere realize they can do it as well. Two ways she's doing that is through her book, Breaking the Ice, and she's currently working on a feature-length biopic, Between the Pipes, outlining her journey to the NHL. I am always excited to talk with people who have helped the game of hockey, and Manone is one of those that have had a huge impact. So be sure to listen carefully. Well, hello, everybody. Larry Sprung here, and I have the distinct pleasure of being with Manone Rayom, also known as the first woman of hockey. Thanks for joining us today, Manone. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's awesome. I always enjoy talking hockey, and I always enjoy talking hockey, especially with people who've done so much for the game, because that's really what it's all about, is expanding the game. So thank you for that. Thank you. I think it's very important to give people an understanding about your path and how it came to be that you were the first female hockey player to try out for and play for an NHL team back in 92 with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So how did that all happen? And I played one year of major junior and that game that I played in our scouts and a tape to Phyllis Bustow in Tampa Bay. And it just showed a tape and at first Phil didn't know it was a woman. So he has his opinion, said, good goaltender, move quick, low, small. And it kind of stay like that. And they probably view a million of video players before they choose who they're going to bring to training camp. But after my year of junior, I thought hockey would be, I didn't know what would be my option after playing junior hockey. I was going to be 28 years old and not many major junior team would keep a 20 year old goaltender. Usually they would bring younger goaltender on their teams. So during the summer, I took a job with RDS. It's a TV station, kind of like ESPN in the US. Right. It was French. It was in Montreal. And my first assignment was to go to the NHL draft. And all I was doing is to go pick the players for an interview. I was not doing the interview. <laughs> Someone else was. So it was just kind of like a entry-level job with that TV station. 
And while I was there, the scout saw me, introduced me to Phyllis Busto, and that's when Phyllis Busto asked me how I feel about coming to a training camp. And at first, I thought he was joking. I didn't think he was serious. And then he said, I'm going to be sending you a letter in the mail. You got two weeks to respond. And if you want to come, let us know. And sure enough, I got the letter in the mail, which my mom still have to this day. <laughs> when you were playing hockey growing up, although you didn't have the luxury of somebody like you who kind of paved the way, did you have any thoughts, even though there wasn't somebody like you, of making it and actually getting that opportunity at some point anyway? Absolutely not, because I never saw a woman playing in the NHL. I didn't know it was possible. <laughs> right. Like when I started playing, I was the only girl playing with all boys, and I went through all kind of adversity. The team didn't want a girl at the highest level. They would tell my dad, don't bring your daughter to tryouts for the top level. We're not going to take a girl. She's going to take the spot of one of our boys that's going to make it to the NHL. And I remember getting cut three years in a row from the top level. And my dad knew they would not pick me, but I wanted to go. He didn't tell me that I had no chance, but he saw that every time I was getting cut, it was a motivation for me to work harder. And I was determined to make the team one day. And finally, when I got to a Bantam level, I went to camp. The coach said, I'm going to pick the top two goalie. Not only I made the team, but I play a lot of the big game that year. And it's after that year when I played two-year Bantam AA and when all the goaltender was invited to the midget AAA camp, which is like a step below major junior when right. stuff started to watch you play. I was only goalie that didn't get invited. And at that point, I kind of knew like, okay, I'm not going to have a chance to make it the higher level. They don't want a girl there. And I was old enough to understand that was not my performance on the ice was really because of my gender. Right. So I took a different path. And for me to go back to play a year in major junior, it just happened to play on a women's league and played very well. Someone saw me and I was a coach from a major junior team and he was telling me about his team. And as soon as he started talking to me about some of the guys on his team, I'm like, I play with this guy. I play against this guy <laughs> and his entire team. And he said to me, do you want to come and practice with us to see what you can do? And I said, absolutely. I went back home. I told my mom, I'm not going to school on Monday. I'm driving to 12. Yeah, I was an hour and a half from my house. <laughs> and I went practice with the team. And he was so impressed that he invited me to camp the following year. But at that time, I was like 19 going on 20. So I was an older player. I didn't right. have the same experience as everybody else there. But yeah, you had the experience, which is fantastic. And let's take it a step back. You were one of the first, if not the only, up until this point, woman to play in the Quebec International Peewee Hockey Tournament, which those who are listening, who are in the hockey community know at 13, that is really the place you want to be. You want to be at the Tournée in Quebec during Winter Carnival. I mean, at that point, you were playing on an all-boys team and the only girl, right? And you were the first, I believe, girl to ever play in that tournament. Yes, and in Quebec, it was a little different because we had so many teams. You had to qualify to make to the tournament. So the year prior to the tournament... Wait, you mean you didn't have to just pay a fee and get oh, a bid no. like the U.S. teams? <laughs> nope, you have to actually qualify. <laughs> and the year prior to that, they had a rules in the tournament that you needed to be a boy a certain age to play in the tournament. So knowing that they had a, this young girl that would move up to Peewee the following year, they said, what if her team qualified? We need to change that rule. So they changed the rule in the tournament book. 
And then that year, that's kind of when the media attention started because every game we were playing was always like, their team's going to make the tournament or not. And I remember the game that decided for us to play the tournament. I played in that and we won and that uh, qualified us for the tournament. And that's when I started having like some media attention. And I got invited to practice with the Quebec Nordics, which was my team. And Daniel Bouchard was my like, goalie idols. I got to take picture with them and it was really cool. Yeah, that to me as a hockey parent and player, I didn't get a chance to go when I was a kid. I didn't know about it, but I've had the experience of going with both my boys. And I tell anybody who's willing to listen that that was one of, if not the best hockey experiences that my kids had up until that point of their lives. If not, for me, it was one of the best experiences thus far as a hockey parent. It's just incredible. Yeah, I know you're in Quebec City. People doesn't understand their hockey is everything for people in Quebec. They take vacations during the tournament <laughs> to be at the games or billet kids. And my first game that I played there, I played in front of 15,000 people. Wow. 11 years old because that age group was a little different. And I was a first year peewee. I was 11. When you're 11 years old and you get to play in front of 15,000 people and you have the media there, you have people in the stand come up to you and ask you for your autograph. And the same night, the next day in the newspaper, like your pictures all over the place, it's kind of overwhelming and kind of cool for a kid at that age. Yeah, I don't think there are many kids that get to play in front of that many people. And that certainly gives them a venue to do that, which is amazing. You know, so let's kind of dovetail off of that for a second, right? At that point, you're 13, you're playing in the tournée, and you really, as you said earlier, you kind of really didn't see a path to really making it to professional hockey. So how do you think your stories impacted hockey overall and women's hockey too, in terms of now, well, maybe there is a path because Manon did it. Maybe I can do it too. You know, it's funny because when I was 11, uh, one of the media, one of the first questions she asked me, she said, could we see a girl playing in the NHL one day? And I'm there 11, never answered a question of my life. And I'm thinking to myself, I said, yeah, if nobody stopped her, we have a chance to see a woman in the NHL. I think I just answered that because I didn't see a woman. So, right. and obviously a couple of years later, when I didn't get invited midget to play, I was like, okay, that's not going to happen or that's not going to be me. But obviously after I went there in Tampa Bay with all the media attention, when I went there, I didn't realize the impact my story would have on people. I just went there because I was giving this amazing opportunity and I wanted to go for it. But it's years later when parents would come up to me and said, uh, you're such an, an inspiration for my daughter or my son did a project on you in school. A couple of years ago, Mike McKenna that played in the NHL interviewed me for a podcast. And he said, when I saw you there, I thought to myself, a woman can do it. I can do it too. So that's when I realized how big my, what I did was. And even yeah, David Litterman asked me to be on the show. And at that age, when I went to Tampa, I didn't even know who David Litterman was. <laughs> I was from Quebec. Everything was French there. We didn't have English TV. I was in bed by 9.30. So right. I didn't have the show. And it's not until years later that I was in the U.S. and watching the show and watching the people that was on that show. Show and I'm thinking to myself, I was on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I realized, I guess it was a big deal what I did. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there's been such a path that you've created for young women everywhere, especially in hockey, if not just in 
general life. And I think a lot of this started with you and that event. How are we seeing hockey these days becoming more inclusive? We're seeing in different areas, but I think hockey, in my opinion, is really striving and trying to do that. In your view, as somebody who's been there, how do you see hockey being more inclusive? I think it, it changed so much. Like you look back and when I started to play, it's like obviously I'm a lot older, but not that old. <laughs> when I started playing, it was like all boys. I didn't have a girls team around anywhere close to my area. And now young girls that four, five, six years old can start playing hockey, play with all girls, girls getting scholarship to go to college or Canadian university. You can make the Olympic teams. The girls on the Olympic teams are getting paid to train all year long, something that you would have never thought of before. And you even have some semi-pro women's league now. So hopefully, eventually it's going to get to like the WNBA where you're going to have a full pro women's league with the NHL behind it. But that's kind of where everybody hope that's going to get. And also see all the women that play the game getting involved with the NHL team. You have Kemi Granato, that's a scout now for the new team in Seattle. Ellie Wickenizer has been working with a Toronto Maple Leaf as a player development for years. Kendall Quang, uh, now with the Chicago Blackhawks. So it's really cool to see all those women that knows the game, that are knowledgeable getting involved with the NHL team. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think even more so, I think we talked about this previously, but recently we saw the Flyers named Valerie Camillo as their first woman who's been hired as president of business operations. And she was actually the first woman, I believe, to join in on an NHL team photo for the NHL team photo. Are these all things like when you see that happening, do you think, hey, I had this impact? I was kind of the blazer in this area? Yeah, it's always make me smile and make me feel good because I know that the opportunity that I got to go to Tampa Bay and to prove myself and to got a chance to make a living of playing the game that I love, that I grew up with, was absolutely amazing. And now to see that other women are getting given this same opportunity, maybe in a different role, but still, it's been a sports that was run by men and coached by men and all men in there, the scouts and everything else. So when he starts seeing those women getting those opportunities, it made me feel, it makes me feel very good. And it's really cool to see that. Yeah. And I think it's infiltrating to other sports now. You know, it's not just hockey. I think this Super Bowl in 2021, we're going to have our first female official, Sarah Thomas, which is great. And we also saw earlier, I'm not sure if it was late 2020 or early 2021, where Vanderbilt had the first female football kicker, first woman to play a snap in a Power 5 college football game. I mean, it's just been unbelievable how inclusive and with open arms sports and the industry that you mentioned where it's been pretty much male dominated. And now we're seeing women start taking a rightful place in a lot of these areas and team environments. Yeah, and I just look at the last World Junior, the U.S. team that won the World Junior, they had a female on the coaching staff that was doing all the video. And what I really like about one of the interviews that I heard from the head coach of the U.S. team, and he mentioned, he said, she was not there for us to bring a woman on board. She was there because she was the best of what she does. And I just love to hear that because often when a woman do something like this in a male sports, a lot of people think like, oh, they're just doing this right now because we have this great woman movement and we need more women in different positions in our organization. 
and they often don't talk about the performance or how good those women are. And I love to hear the head coach saying the college team right now, they're going to miss her for a few weeks because she's with us. This is how good she is. And I had to deal with this in 92 because a lot of people talk about me being a publicist for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But what people didn't mention is when we got to camp, we started right away with a mini tournament. And my first game on the ice in the mini tournament, I did not allow any goal in 14 shots. I was the only goalie in the four goalie in that game that did not allow any goal. After the mini tournament, I finished the top three goalie in the tournament out of eight goalie there. So when they decide to put me in an exhibition game, it's because I earned it. Like I proved that I was able to handle it. They would have never put me in the game if I didn't have a good camp. But the fact that nobody was talking about, I earned that start from my performance. They were talking about, it's Tampa Bay, it's a new team, they just want to sell tickets. And it was hard to hear that. And it took me years to, I think 20 years later, one of the best interviews that I did, it was with Terry Chris, which he was the coach in Tampa Bay. He was the one interviewing me from Nashville. That's where he was doing radio. And he said that at first when Phil told him that he was bringing a woman, he was not happy with it. Right. That's the first time I find out that he was not happy with it. And But he said she earned her spot to start the game. That's how well she did in camp. And it took 20 years for me to hear that from the organization, how they felt about the decision they made that. And it was really cool. And that's why when I heard that interview with the U.S. coach, I was really happy to hear that right away they were giving credit of how good she was doing her job for being part of the team. Yeah, I think that just shows how progressive and how things have changed so much that it's not going to take them 20 years for her to have an interview to find out that she got the job because she was the best there was. And we talk about that often in business. To me personally, in my own personal views, I don't care if you're male, female, white, green, black, it doesn't matter. We want the best people working for our organization as we possibly can. And that's who we're going to hire and empower. And I think if everybody had that sort of attitude, the world would just be a better place and we wouldn't have to break down barriers and get into a lot of these conversations and wait 10 years or 20 years rather to find out that uh, we got the job because we were the best there was at the training camp. Yeah, and this is why I'm hoping now that people can look at my story or look at different uh, all those women's story that you don't need to fit a mold of what you should look like to be able to do a job. Like when I went to Tampa Bay, I was probably the total opposite of what a initial goalie should look like. I didn't have the size, my gender. I didn't speak any English. I didn't have the same experience that the guys that went to camp, but I didn't let that stop me from trying out and going after what I wanted to go after. It's going the highest level as possible in hockey. And hopefully people can believe in themselves. And if they're really passionate about something and they work hard, they can accomplish anything they put their mind to. Yeah, I agree with you a thousand percent. As people who are listening to this, we have a large contingent because I play hockey, my kids play hockey. So we're ingrained in that hockey community, hockey family, as we call it. How has your life experiences trained you or prepared you to be a hockey parent? And what would you tell other hockey parents as a takeaway from what you've learned that they should be using and potentially would be helpful to them in working with their kids and evaluating and trying to get them to whatever level they're going to end up from a hockey perspective? 
I think the biggest thing for me, the reason I made it to where I made it is my dad never tried to protect me from adversity. Adversity is the best thing that your kids can go through. If you want them to get stronger, if you want them to be able to have all the tools to be successful in life, in college, going through adversity, it's the best thing. It's often as a parent, because I coach young girls and then I have two boys that play and I know it is. People want to know that their kid's going to make the team before tryouts. They want to know how much ice time this kid's going to be. They don't want to see their kids sitting on the bench for one shift. They want everything perfect for their kids so their kids can be smiling every single day and never face anything hard, which is not reality. It's not reality in sport it's not reality in life and I think that's the biggest lesson that I learned like my dad like I always used to say he let me go to three years in a row to a tryout that he knew I had no chance to make and I said he still loved me right but my dad saw me like the reaction that I had when I didn't make a team how I become really motivated to prove people wrong that I could do it and he knew that was really good for me and I learned that because my kids both my kids in hockey went through adversity themselves and when it happened I let them try to figure out what to do and you always have a reason why you go through adversity you always have a reason why you get cut from a team or you're not playing the last shift in the game and often I told my girls I play everyone as a coach obviously uh, coach uh, 12 and under so you want people to be in different situations but I also teach them when you get close to the end of a game and we need to win a game to play an extra game the last few minutes I may go with who I think is going to be able to score and if you're not the players that are chosen for that it's okay to be upset about it because that shows that you care but you should ask yourself what should I do to not be in that position again. And those are the important lessons for people to learn, young kids and even parents, to let their kids figure it out. Because when they get to college, and trust me, my son, you know, played on the U.S. national team and he had a lot of success there. But his first year of college, he faced adversity and he had to figure out on his own. You're not there anymore to help them out. So, and I was so proud of the way that he went through all the adversity that he faced in college, but it had a lot to do with me not trying to figure out everything for him when he was younger. Right. Listen, I think it's all about a lot of it has to do with mindset. This is the Midland money mindset. And a lot of it has to do with mindset. It's very important. And my wife and I talk about it all the time. And in regards to our job is not to make our kids life easy or to roll out a red carpet so that they can go through the motions and get to where they need to be. It's really a preparation for life so that they're prepared with the life skills needed to operate as young humans and adults eventually and take care of themselves. And if you shelter them from that adversity, how does that ever happen? Because most adults face adversity in one shape or another, and it's typically a lot of adversity. And it's a matter of how do you deal with it? How do you get past it? Which is a framework. And like you said, I think hockey is just a microcosm for that and preparing the kids. There's different things that should be done at different ages. You don't treat 19-year-olds the same way you treat 9-year-olds, although there are some coaches out there, which I'm sure we both know that do. But there's a way to do it and do it gracefully to educate and teach them and let them know what they're doing and what they need to do to get to the next level. And adversity is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And it was a very good thing in, in your own personal situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sports, that's one of the reasons why I coach girls hockey now, because 
being a coach, it's more than just teaching on the ice what to do. You want to be able to help them, to teach them those life lessons that come through hockey. And uh, it's so satisfying when you see girls later, like, for example, Kendall Coyne. I coached her when she was 12 years old. Right. And I knew with her drive, the way she was, that she's going to be successful and amazing. And when she goes to the Olympics and skates at the NHL All-Star Game as the fastest skater, and now she's got a job with the Chicago Blackhawks. And she said that I inspired her when I was a coach. And it's just, you cannot ask anything better than that. Like knowing that you were part of helping those young girls achieve what they wanted to achieve. And that's why when people decide to be coached in a sports team, You're more than a coach. You're really becoming a mentor for those young athletes. And it's so important that you realize that as a coach because you have a huge impact on those kids. Mm -hmm. I think bigger than you ever think or really understand in, in many regards. You're coaching young girls. So obviously they know you. And if not, in this day and age, after they meet you, they go home and Google you and they can figure it out. It's very easy. So are you sending a different message in terms of to girls who are playing hockey? Is the message in the locker room with them a bit different in terms of you have the normal hockey stuff? I get that. But in terms of, hey, listen, this is what I've done. You can do it. What's the message that you try to send? And I think you're coaching like you 10 really young, impressionable minds that you could really have a significant impact and be a mentor to them. Yeah, I, I coach a U-12. Okay. And I'm also uh, in charge of the entire girls organization at Little Caesar. So it's the Detroit Red Wings Youth Program. And to me, the biggest message for the entire organization with those girls when they come into our program, it's work ethic and respect are the two most important things to be part of this team. If you work hard in life and you respect people around you, you're going to go far. It's not just in hockey. It's in school. It's at home. It's in everything you get involved because getting involved in something and not giving the full effort, it just creates bad habit that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. So my job as a coach is I want to create good habit. And it's not fun to have to work hard every practice and every game. But also what I tell them, it's making mistakes, it's okay. But not working hard, it's not okay. So they're allowed to make mistakes because that's how you get better. NHL guys make million of dollars and still make mistakes. So for us to expect our kids at a young age just learning the game to not make any mistake, it's kind of crazy. But work ethic is something you can control. It's something that you decide if you want to do or not. And to me, that's the most important thing. So I always want to, you know, along the way, we always have like a certain situation where media come and interview some of the girls that play for me. And when I hear, when I ask them, what did Manol taught you? And when they said, we need to work hard. Like, I just love to hear that. Because it's just something that you know that if one thing stick with them, that's the thing I want them to remember for me. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's funny that you bring up mistakes because my wife and I and the kids, we watch a lot of NHL games and we'll see, as you know, a lot of goals take place just simply because somebody made a mistake and somebody else capitalized on it. And there are many times we'll see the mistake and our conversation goes something like this. Somewhere around the world, some 10-year-old is getting yelled at for that. And an NHL player who's making millions of dollars just did it. But some 10-year-old's getting yelled at for it. So it's kind of ironic, if you will. Yeah, getting yelled at or sit on the bench for the yeah. rest of the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You recently released a children's book called Breaking the Ice. And I know that you're also working on a movie too. Can you tell people a little bit about the book, a little about the movie as well? 
Yeah, so Angie Bellaro, about five years ago, she's a producer, she's an actress. She contacted me and she said, for my next movie, I would like to do a movie with a female lead in sports and I want to inspire people. And she heard from her dad that it had all those women playing in the NHL in the 90s. So she's like, why don't I find the first one? So she tried to start her research and she realized that there was only one that did it. And she contacted me. And when she mentioned to me that she wanted to be able to inspire people, that's how she got me (laughs) to agree to do it. Because when I realized that my story inspired people, and now that it's been like 20 years ago, I felt like it would be a great way to continue to inspire the new generation of people that was not born when it happened. Right. And that the importance of having something positive, especially in the years that we've been having the last few years, having some positive stories, it's really important. So, and along the way, we got to know each other very well. She spent time with my parents. Sometimes I joke with her that she knows more about me than I do <laughs> because my parents tell her all the story that happened that half of them I didn't even know when I was right. Home. She was also a children's book writer and she's like, I need to tell that story in a children's book too. So, She's been working on both of it. Obviously, COVID slowed down the movie part of it with the book. It was a lot easier to keep moving forward with the book. So the book just came out. And I was really excited about that because to be able to touch young kids at really young age, if the book is for like between four to eight years old, that's when the kids are like, doesn't really know much of what's right. going on out there. And you can read a story about someone. And it's not just a hockey story. It's for anyone that wants to do something that people told them that, they cannot do and they put their mind into it and they go for it and so that's kind of the message that we want to tell young children you can dream big and follow your dream that's a fantastic message and a fantastic thing to strive for and i'm sure there's going to be a lot of impressionable boys and girls reading that book and telling their mom and dad i want to get some hockey skates and learn how to skate so it'll help the game which is fantastic and thank you for that I enjoy highlighting people who have philanthropic endeavors. It's something that's near and dear to my heart. And I love seeing how people give back. Can you tell us a little bit about your foundation, the Manon Rayom Foundation, and the work that you're doing through the organization? Yeah, uh, for a few years, I was uh, just under me, and we were giving scholarship to young girls to go to college. It's not everyone that's getting scholarship to play hockey, but still a lot of athletes want to go play that route and doesn't have all the financial support to do it. So we were doing this for years, and then when I joined the Detroit Red Wings, as a director for the girls program, I also try and transfer everything to the Detroit Red Wings Foundation. So because their reach is so much greater, they have so many different ways that they can help out young people. It was something that was really difficult just on my own, but with their name and with what they're doing. So now they're helping out not just people to go to college, but young girls, if their families struggle with their ice bill or uh, things like that, we want to be able to help people to not stop playing the game, not let money stop them playing the game. Right. That's fantastic. When I keep hearing growing the game, one of the best memories I have, and I've told this before on other shows, is a couple of years ago when Vegas came into the league and they were playing the Winnipeg Jets in the Western Conference Final. My wife and I flew out to Vegas for that game. She happens to be a Vegas fan just by happenstance. I'm a Ranger fan. But we went out there and just the enthusiasm 
from the people in Vegas and the dealers and the bus drivers and everybody wearing the jerseys. I was walking through the streets there and my wife was looking, what's wrong? And I was, this is so good for the game of hockey. It is unbelievable. People who, you know, you'd walk up to somebody and say, hey, why do you like the Vegas Knights? Oh, they're awesome. You know, how long you've been following hockey? Oh, you know, six months. They don't know what icing is. They don't know what offsides are. All they know is they go to the rink, they have a great time, a great experience, and it's like one of the best sports they've ever seen. They don't know any of the rules, but that's okay. It's great for the sport, and they're just eating it up and loving it. And anything to grow the sport, I think, is phenomenal because I think I'm a little biased. I think we're the best sport around. I think we're both a little biased there. But well, listen, Manom, we end every show with asking everybody the same question. And I'm going to do the same today. What did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? I woke up in the morning and I went to a yoga class. Okay. If I exercise right away in the morning, that always put me, actually, I do every morning because if not, I stress all day said when I'm going to have the time to do it. But to me, that's a way for me to get my day started to feel good. And I just, everything else just seems to be a lot easier when I can get moving in the morning. Put you in the right mindset and get you excited for the day, right? Exactly. Well, great. Manon, if, listen, if people want to connect with you or learn more about you, where's the best place for them to do that? On social media right now, like on the Instagram, Manorium33, and on Twitter, Manorium, at Manorium. And I'm not the most social media person where I post every day. I don't. That's okay. <laughs> but, you know, I keep, try to keep like things, uh, all the nice stuff, the cool stuff that's coming out and try to stay connected with people, especially, you know, young people that likes to follow what we're doing with the hockey team or, you know, with different stories. So Great. Well, we'll have all your contact info in the show notes. I thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure and make it a great day. I want to thank Manon Rayon for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset Show. Manon is a true inspiration to female hockey players everywhere. She has helped the sport develop a path that will allow them to realize their dreams at the highest level. It's always tough to be the first, and Manon is a true inspiration to those that are striving for their dreams and goals. No pun intended. Be sure to check out her book, Breaking the Ice, and keep an eye out for her feature-length biopic, Between the Pipes. I surely will be watching that one. Manon can be found across all social media platforms, and all the contact information needed to find her can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandfinancial.com and be sure to smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content. And listen, please, don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. Be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about the mindset needed to successfully plan for and live your best life before and through retirement. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. 
No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.